What's going on, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to another episode of Caffeinate. Today, for September the 27th, my name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I hope you are all doing very well. And for those that may be brand new to the show, this is a daily gaming news show where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, talking about PlayStation, Xbox, any kind of big, significant industry news. We will talk about it right here. And today, our headliner is very significant, probably the most important story that I've covered for the entirety of 2018. Fortnite now has boob physics, so we're going to be touching on that, no pun intended. It's something that does need to be discussed because of the fact that a ton of kids do play Fortnite. So that's our headliner for the day. But speaking of children, Club Penguin is also set to shut down officially. Of course, we saw the first shutdown a couple of years back. Now it is finally going to be uh, 10 feet under or 6 feet under, whichever the saying may be. On top of that, Nintendo Switch's online app has been downloaded a lot over the course of the past couple of days. BlizzCon 2018's virtual ticket does entice fans of World of Warcraft with a little bit more than normal, if I do say so myself. Discord Store has unveiled its first on Discord lineup. Sea of Thieves has a fiery new expansion that has launched today. And Thursday football games are going to be on Twitch starting tonight via twitch.tv slash prime video. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Having a rare story from ESPN.com. You never know what you're going to find here on Caffeinate. And on top of that, Nintendo has won a lawsuit, but it might not be the kind of lawsuit you may be thinking of. And so we will touch on that as well. But again, I appreciate you guys joining me for another episode of Cabinet. Again, this show is hosted on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media Live every weeknight at 7 p.m. But you could be listening on a podcast service. You could be watching the VOD afterwards. Wherever you're watching or listening from, I appreciate you being here. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the main news story of the day or the headliner, which is that Epic is working to remove boob, remove boob physics. I knew I was going to mess that up from Fortnite, saying that it was unintended and embarrassing. Again, everything kind of jiggles now. So anyways, must resist filthy boob wordplay, says the guy over here at VG247. The world's most popular game, one that's played by millions of kids, now has jiggly virtual breasts. This is going to end well. And as an update, Epic Games responded to VG247 about its breast physics update, and it seems the entire thing may have been an accident. Quote, this is unintended embarrassing, and it was careless for us to let this ship. We are working now to fix this as soon as possible. As we mentioned in the original story over at VG247, Fortnite was supposed to have breast physics before Epic Games removed the feature. But if the code was simply deactivated and not deleted, it could have been activated accidentally. Either way, you should expect it to vanish by the next patch, which I would expect to see sometime in the next couple of days, because quite frankly, you can't let this stand. It's something that, regardless of how you perceive it, it needs to be taken out. So going on to the original story, Fortnite Season 6, which launched today, is now out in the wilds, and though it obviously wasn't mentioned in the most recent patch, notes, it looks like booby physics have snuck into the battle royale phenomenon. While the addition of pets and a new battle pass is swell and all, no amount of cutesy cartoon dragons is going to save little Timmy when his mom walks in on JiggleFest 2018. Oh man, thank you for writing this article to the guy over at VG247, Dave Mickleham, I believe is how you say his name. Killed it, my dude. Absolutely killed it. The freshly moving mammary <laughs> The freshly moving mammaries were spotted by a member of Fortnite's FaZe clan who shared a gyrating gif of the offending Bazongas on Twitter. What a world we live in, folks. What a world. But previously, Breast and Fortnite were completely static, just as video game God intended. Now, though, it's clear Epic has decided to shake things up, please stop, with virtual gravity. Calamity, who appears in the video above, is wearing the new Western Wilds costume, though she can eventually be upgraded with a coat that obscures the wanton breast movement. Still, we be shocked if outraged parental 
groups, don't force Epic into a hasty gaffer tape-focused patch before the kids unlock more sensible garments. And of course, nothing has been updated as of right now, but that's where the story actually does stand. So essentially, for parents, this is an absolute nightmare. I mean, imagine that you have a kid that's between 8 and 10 years old, and this kind of stuff comes out. I mean, quite frankly, it's ridiculous to see that this kind of stuff actually happens. I mean, it's clear to see that there's like, that this is not right. You know, you should not have let this slip, considering the audience that you do have. We saw a similar kind of situation with PUBG, and that the female anatomy was very detailed as far as it goes, you know, and so they had to patch that out. They had to make sure that everything was covered up and that it wasn't too crude. But now with Fortnite, this is simply a kid's game. You have to recognize that this is not the way that things should go. So I would expect to see some kind of patch uh, within the next, I would say, day to two days. It simply is something that cannot stand, and many, many parents are going to be upset about this. Of course, myself being a college student, I don't care either way. I've matured past this, but have I really? So anyways, if you are going to be getting on Fortnite, expect a little bit more of a jiggle kind of vibe whenever you are using any kind of female skin, and you can deal with it as you will. But as for right now, still in the game, but I've heard good things about Season 6 all around, so you might want to jump in and give it a shot, but don't jump too much until they patch the game. Ha ha, my joke is very solid. So moving on to the second story of the day, Club Penguin Island is to shut down, marking the final end of the beloved children's MMO. Club Penguin is shutting down for good. Disney, which owns the long-running franchise, confirmed the news today. On Tuesday, dozens of employees at the game's Kelowna British Columbia studio, I believe I said that correctly, were informed that Club Penguin Island, the mobile continuation of the long-running browser-based children's MMO Club Penguin, is shutting down and they would be let go. Quote, there aren't many opportunities in a city like Kelowna, so most of us will have to move our families if we want to pursue games. It's a huge blow to all of us, one former employee told Kotaku. One common reaction may be, wasn't Club Penguin already dead? Well, sort of. In early 2018, the 13-year-old browser-based MMO Club Penguin shut down. Just 10 years earlier, Disney had purchased it for up to $700 million when it was a poppin' spot for kids to hang out, chat, and get massively trolled by bored adults. As time went on, the game's player base appeared to fall off. Before Club Penguin shattered in 2017, fans celebrated and mourned the place where they were willed, excuse me, where they willed away their childhoods by racing to see how fast they could get banned, tipping an apparently untippable iceberg, and of course, drawing Penguin fan art. And of course, it has been real, Club Penguin. You will be remembered fondly, without a doubt, by many kids between the ages of 15 and 25. Just one day after Club Penguin shut down, Disney Canada launched the mobile successor, Club Penguin Island, and it received mixed reviews. It's alright. On Tuesday, employees at Disney Canada were informed that Club Penguin Island was shutting down, and of course, there was a letter from HR, a ton of stuff went down the pipe and essentially what you need to know is that club penguin as of september 27th 2018 is officially going downhill now is the time that we can officially call it something that is deceased and i cover this story because as i said club penguin is a huge piece of nostalgia for a ton of people Uh, Growing up in elementary school, of course, we didn't have any kind of phones really back whenever I was growing up. I sound like a grandfather, but no real young kid had a phone. Uh, On top of that, laptops that were given to kids weren't really a thing quite yet. Of course, we had netbooks around middle school, but those couldn't really run any kind of games. Uh, So when it came down to it, the computer lab was our escape. That's where we went to go kind of, you know, not quite so pay attention to what the teacher was saying and work on playing browser-based games like Happy Wheels and Club Penguin and things along those lines. And so to see the Club Penguin is finally shutting down 
It's kind of the end of a generation for a lot of people, including a ton of people around my age, the age of 21 to 25, like I said, probably even younger. Of course, it's never good, as I've been saying all week, because we've had some terrible news about studio closures to see that people are going to be losing their jobs regardless of what they worked on. Of course, we've seen the closure of Capcom Vancouver. On top of that, the entire Telltale situation that we've seen, and now we have this Club Penguin studio finally shutting down. So it is unfortunate. Again, it's part of the circle of life, but at the same time, it's something I never want to see. So, if you want to get the last couple of rounds of Club Penguin Island in, I guess, if that's a thing, uh, then you should probably jump on the app and make sure that you get the most of your time, because it looks like the time is indeed short, and it is always unfortunate, as I said, to see people lose their gigs, because there are families to provide for, mouths to feed. Always sucks, man. It always sucks. However, the Nintendo Switch Online app has been downloaded over 5 million times. Moving on to our third story today from Variety. Nintendo Switch Online has been available for just a week, and subscribers have already downloaded the mobile companion app over 5 million times. According to data culled from analyst firm Sensor Tower, this number represents one quarter of the Switch's global install base of 20 million, based on information gathered as of June 30th. Most of the app's installs come primarily from the United States and Japan, with Japan's portion of the installs coming in at 33%, and the United States at 30%. More than half of the app installs stem from Android device users at 60%, with the other 40 using iOS devices. Ever since the subscription service debuted on September the 18th, introducing paid online multiplayer options, classic Nintendo Entertainment System games, and cloud save options, it's now a mandatory option for those who want to go online and compete in titles like Splatoon 2 or Mario Tennis Aces, so it isn't exactly surprising to see so many installs coming in as a result of the service's introduction. The companion app had originally been available ever since last July when users went to download it 1 million times. Switch users had been exploring its various features such as voice chat and everything it allowed players to test out ahead of the official rollout of the paid subscription system. The app saw around 240,000 installs as a result this past July and 268,000 as of August. Previously, Nintendo Switch owners weren't impressed by the seemingly convoluted way headsets needed to be hooked up to work with the system's online voice chat via the app, though curious Switch players were downloading the app to see what was in store for them at an impressive rate even before the service was up and running proper. And so as of right now, people are simply jumping on board with Nintendo Switch Online. Still very unfortunate uh, to have to cover the fact that we don't have a way to natively communicate with other people playing Nintendo Switch via the actual console itself. I mean, even whenever it came to the PlayStation Vita, you could simply plug in a headset with a mic on it and be able to communicate with people in games such as Killzone Mercenary is the first one that comes to mind. It was never a big problem, but simply the infrastructure behind the scenes at Nintendo apparently isn't quite built for that, so you kind of have to use a workaround. Now, I will say there is other functionality than just talking to one another within this online app that you can download on iOS or Android. Uh, There are a lot of other functionalities such as matchmaking and a couple of other bells and whistles, so you are going to have to download the app. However, I will say, if you are focusing on trying to communicate with each other, if you're trying to kind of talk to your friends in any way, shape, or form, I would heavily, heavily, heavily encourage you to download the Discord app, uh, which of course is simply a fantastic voice service that is kind of replacing a lot of things like TeamSpeak and Skype. You should really check it out if you are looking for a solution to that problem. 
I would say it's even better than the PlayStation Chat or the Xbox Live Party kind of setup. So if you did want to do that, highly recommend that. However, these numbers are nothing to shake a stick at. It's clear that people are very interested in jumping online and seeing what's going on with Nintendo Switch's new online service. And at 20 bucks a year, it's something that's worth giving a shot if you did just want to see what was up with the NES games, if you wanted to play some games online. It's not that big of a deal, really, when it comes down to it. Not nearly as big as $60 a year that like you'll find for the PlayStation Plus and Xbox. Live Gold subscriptions. Uh, so again, install base, pretty solid right now. A fourth of the people have installed the Nintendo Switch Online app, and that is, of course, a fourth of those that already own a Nintendo Switch worldwide. Pretty impressive stuff, I would say. Pretty impressive stuff. And of course, in the chat, Steffi says, yeah, the, the 3DS has a built-in voice chat, but not the Switch. I have no idea what they were thinking whenever they were making this infrastructure. It makes zero sense to me whatsoever. Zero sense at all. But again, moving on to another company that is doing marginally better publicly than Nintendo in that specific regard. BlizzCon 2018's virtual ticket includes a World of Warcraft Classic demo. You don't have to attend to try out the base games sans expansions. Pretty awesome little ordeal you got here for those that are fans of World of Warcraft, which is, by all means, a very, very popular video game, even in 2018. The BlizzCon 2018 virtual ticket is the gift that keeps on giving. Aside from video streams, skins, and in-game loot, Blizzard says the $50 digital entry fee will also grant you access to the World of Warcraft, excuse me, World of Warcraft classic demo. A little bit of a tongue twister there. That's the base game as it was before the expansions ruined it for purists. The demo will be showcased on the BlizzCon floor on November the 2nd, and you'll get to play at the same time as attendees on or around 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern. It will then be available until 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern on November the 8th, meaning those going to the event can jump on again when they get home. Pretty impressive little idea there. In the absence of an official vanilla version of World of Warcraft, nostalgia-prone fans have resorted to playing in unofficial classic servers, the most popular of which Blizzard shut down in 2016. Then, at BlizzCon 2017, the developer announced its own Blizzard-quality classic experience, noting that it would take some time to appear. Fast forward almost a year, and it's finally ready to give players a taste of the project. And on the flip side, the success of Battle for Azeroth shows that there's still plenty of an appetite for the World of Warcraft expansions, so you get the best of both. The worlds. Now, now, of course, for fans of Blizzard products, the BlizzCon 2018 virtual ticket is going to get you a lot of content. Of course, from Overwatch to Diablo to Heroes of the Storm, uh, all the way back to World of Warcraft and everything in between, you have a lot of stuff going down. And for fans of all of these games, it is really a deal for 50 bucks. Now, the World of Warcraft classic demo, I would say, really is the standout uh, cream of the crop whenever it comes to what you're going to be getting with the BlizzCon 2018 virtual ticket. I think that is totally worth 50 bucks especially for fans of the original base game. And really, I love the way that Blizzard is going about handling this entire situation because, unfortunately, the favorite classic server was taken offline. But at the same time, they saw the desire for that. And they're not pushing the expansions down everybody's throats. They're not saying the classic expansions or the classic game without the expansions is gone and you have to focus on the newest stuff. They're saying you can play however you really want, and that just makes it more accessible for a ton of people who do want to continue playing WoW. Now, will I be jumping in on this? Absolutely not. I have no desire to play WoW. Uh, it's very grindy, and I'm not really into looting and dungeons and all that raiding and all these things, Mountain Dew and, and Tostino's pizza rolls and all that. I, I love the idea of it, and I love the fact that it's so ingrained into gaming culture. I really do appreciate that, and I admire that. I just have no desire to play World of Warcraft. 
That being said, for fans of the base game, for fans of the new expansion, such as Battle for Azeroth, by all means, dive in. BlizzCon 2018 is going to be a good time, whether you're there or you're at home. And so again, you can get that virtual ticket for 50 bucks, which is really not that big of a deal if you are going to be using every little bit of the content that you get. And of course, if you are even considering looking at BlizzCon, you're probably a pretty hardcore Blizzard fan, or you are some kind of gaming journalist like myself who has to cover it because... I have assigned myself this task. So yeah, if you did want to jump into that, there you guys go. Moving on to the next story of the day, Discord Store unveils its first on Discord lineup. Now, this is a follow-up to a story we talked about a couple of months back, where Discord is effectively trying to become your one-stop shop when it comes to PC gaming and communication. They're trying to integrate launching your games and also talking to your friends and joining parties and having chats all in one little go. And I will say, they're doing a pretty good job at it, but will people actually adopt it? That remains to be the question. However, Discord's initial games lineup includes an asymmetrical horror, roguelikes, and a Dark Souls-esque boss battle sim, and a hat-based deathmatch. What a strange introduction that was. Last month, Discord announced it would expand its chat software to support a fully integrated Steam-like game service. It's a fascinating transition, but success will largely depend upon the success of its games. Now, Discord has provided a glimpse of its first seven PC exclusives, and all told, it's a fairly solid collection. And so now, we'll go ahead and give you guys the rundown of these seven games. Last year, The Nightmare is coming to you from Elastic Games. Last year is an asymmetrical horror game that, at first glance, looks like a combination of Friday the 13th and Left 4 Dead. Set in an abandoned high school during Halloween, a supernatural force which takes the shape of vicious killers traps four teenagers within its walls. One team must work together to complete an escape plan while a monster player spawns in under various guises to stop them. So, whenever I'm reading this, I'm getting less Friday the 13th, well, still a good amount of Friday the 13th, or even something like Dead by Daylight, but even more so an evolved kind of situation, that kind of thing. However, you can read into that as you will. Last Year of the Nightmare is going to be included. On top of that, you have Sinner Sacrifice for Redemption, another indie, uh, which is, of course, the company that made it. Sinner is a Dark Souls slash Shadow of the Colossus style game with a unique twist. You level down instead of up. The protagonist is Adam, a warrior hunting down bosses inspired by the seven deadly sins. Before fighting an enemy, Adam must sacrifice a piece of himself, granting a permanent debuff to health, strength, or equipment. What will you sacrifice to reach the final boss? I probably won't sacrifice that much at all, to be quite honest with you. But moving on to the third game, you have Minion Masters coming to you from Beta Dwarf. Minion Masters is a real-time co-op card game designed for PC players. That's a pretty interesting one. Each player arrives with a deck of 10 cards in the summon minions and must find a strategy to break their opponent's defenses. In a twist, you can partner with a friend to work together to defeat an enemy team. And the fourth game is Bad North, a game you might have seen in the Nintendo Switch lineup in an episode of The Drop a couple of weeks back. But Bad North is a minimalist roguelike where players lead a tribe of islanders fighting the Viking Horde. Along the way, you'll explore new procedurally generated islands, fight off raiders, recruit other characters, and gather resources. And I would say this is my favorite of the initial lineup, if I do say so myself. Then you have At Sundown coming to you from Versus Evil slash Mile Beast. Hide and Seek meets Deathmatches in At Sundown. This isometric shooter pits four players against each other in levels covered with darkness. You're invisible if you stay out of the light, but so are your opponents. The next game is Mad Machines coming to you from Hero Blocks. Magnetic robot gladiators fight to the death with spike balls. What a sentence that one was. Enough said. If you love Rocket League but want more melee combat, this should be up your alley. And that pretty much wraps it up, except for King of the Hat coming to you from 
Business Corp Incorporated slash Hieroglyphic Games. Imagine a world where animated protagonists keep their souls in their hats. If their hat is destroyed, they die. The problem is these protagonists also love death matches and their hats can be used as weapons. Enter King of the Hat. And of course, a lot of these games have been seen before, but Bad North is already available for the Switch as an example, but Discord has certainly given you a pretty solid lineup for those that are first coming out on their Discord exclusive service. So we'll see how this goes for them. Of course, the entire store is going to be fleshed out more, and many games are already available, so you can check it out for yourself. Launch Discord, there should be a tab there for you to explore, but it's really neat to see all these companies try and get in on it. But I think that whenever you look at the broad scope of everything, Discord really does have a chance to kind of make an impact here, because so many people, number one, have Discord open as soon as they launch their PCs, or they launch Windows, whatever you want to call it, and on top of that, so many people actively use Discord in their day-to-day lives. I've seen professionals that use Discord to make professional phone calls. People are using Discord in many, many ways. Podcasting, as I said, business calls, chatting with friends, uh, hosting community events. So much stuff can be done via Discord that it just kind of makes sense for them to branch out and try new ideas while they still simply can. And so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but as far as a replacement for Curse, TeamSpeak, and Skype goes, Discord is a very solid option if you were looking to do that, as we talked about earlier with the Nintendo Switch online voice chat debacle. But now, you can buy games through the service. Who knows? You might even stop using your Switch and become a PC gamer. Just kidding, you probably won't. But speaking of games that aren't on any other store, except for the Windows 10 store and Xbox Live, ooh, that irks me so much. Sea of Thieves has a fiery new expansion region to explore today. Today. And you can check it out if you did want to do that because it is free. That is right, F R E E, that spells free. FreeCreditReport.com, baby. After a short delay, Rare's biggest Sea of Thieves content update yet, Forsaken Shores is now available on P- Xbox One and PC. Excuse me. It's a chance to explore a new area full of active volcanoes and boiling water. While the fiery theme stands out the most, I'm just as eager about another addition, rowboats. You'll find them washed up on islands, and once you get them back into the water, you can use the boats to slip deep into dangerous territory. There is a lot of potential for PvP hijinks with rowboats. Rare is running a four-week campaign that revolves around the first crew ever to make it to the Devil's Roar. The most interesting part will arrive in Week 3 when Sea of Thieves gets new cargo run quest at the Merchant Alliance. In short, you'll have to transport precious cargo that can't break or get wet. In a game where things break and get wet all of the time, that will be a constant challenge. There's also new commendations for Blige Rat titles to earn, I believe I, I said that correctly, and more cosmetics for your pirate and your ship, and refinements to make inventory management faster. As ever, Forsaken Shores is a free update, so if you bought Sea of Thieves or you have it through Xbox Game Pass, the stuff is definitely worth checking out if you did want to dive back into Sea of Thieves. But overall, it seems like a pretty solid expansion. I'm still shocked that this game is still getting as much support and as much love as it really is. I saw some pretty significant streamers playing the game today, and that's something that I like to see, because whenever you focus entirely on stuff like Fortnite or PUBG or even Destiny 2, I don't want all of that stuff all of the time. It's good to have a bit of variety. Now, when it comes to Sea of Thieves, of course, it was a big bang whenever it came out, and then the popularity of the game and the significance of it just dropped sharply. But with this new free expansion, uh, it seems like the biggest one to date, and of course, it does look to be a pretty solid uh, little experience for those that are fans of the game. I love volcanoes. I like the fiery look of it all. Pretty cool-looking game. So again, if you have Xbox Game Pass, if you want to throw a couple of bucks at the devs, it is a game that you're going to get a lot of fun out of, especially now that it does have a bit more fleshed out, uh, you know, 
know, stuff content-wise. You have PvP now, you have a bit of a story. It's a pretty good little buy, or a good little exploration title if you did want to pick it up, as I said, with Xbox Game Pass, which is, as I always say, the absolute best deal in gaming, without a doubt, if you do have an Xbox One. So we'll see how it goes, but as for right now, big fan of Sea of Thieves. I might even jump back in and play it, we'll see what happens. But as for right now, there's so much stuff coming out. I'm really looking forward to Assassin's Creed next week. I want to see if I want to buy that, because man, that game's looking good. But again, coming with the holiday season, you're going to have some time off. You might jump back into Sea of Thieves. We'll have to see how it goes. See how it goes, ha ha, because oceans are also called seas. Uh, sort of. Actually, no. Oceans are bigger than seas, I believe. That's to the side. Moving on to the next story of the day. Amazon-owned Twitch is to stream Thursday night NFL games for this season. And this story comes to us from ESPN.com. Look at that. Thursday night football would debut for free on Amazon-owned live streaming platform Twitch, beginning with this week's matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Rams, as the company announced on Thursday. And I'm going to be watching this in about an hour or so. The move to Twitch is part of Amazon's renewal of its two-year, $130 million broadcasting deal with the NFL for the 2018 and 2019 seasons of Thursday Night Football, which also broadcast on Fox's linear network. Twitch will broadcast 11 of the 12 remaining Thursday Night Football regular season games, marking the first time viewers will be allowed to watch as many NFL games in a single season online for free without a subscription. Twitch did not specify which games it will live stream. That has been updated. It is now below the stream, but it is accessible across 200 countries and territories around the world, unfortunately, except for China. As part of the deal, Twitch will uh, launch co-streaming with longtime live streamer Brennan Goldglove O'Neill, who will provide analysis, analysis excuse me, for the game rather than Fox's commentators. Twitch will also launch emotes of the 32 NFL team logos, as well as some generic football ones to be used in its live chat across the entire website. Now, of course, it is owned by Amazon Twitches, uh, and it actually went down in August of 2014 for $970 million, a record-breaking deal for a live streaming platform in esports and gaming. And of course, this has led the way to a lot of people trying to kind of branch out and explore new content for Twitch itself uh, by seeing stuff like news broadcast, by seeing stuff like this football collaboration, tons of new content coming, including some pretty awesome marathons if I do say so myself. But as for right now, if you are a fan of football, could be a pretty good time to jump in on the Twitch side of things because you do have Gold Glove kind of narrating, commentating, whatever you want to call it, on the entire game. And it is going to be a pretty interesting little outcome because a lot of people are upset about this. And that's kind of why I threw it into today's show. Uh, Quite frankly, whenever you see sports on Twitch, it's essentially like whenever you are watching ESPN and see video games and you aren't a fan of that. People don't like it whenever change is afoot. And so I think it's a fan fantastic move because I like watching football. I have no problem with it. Uh, But for those that really like to keep gaming on the gaming side and to keep sports on the sports side, I understand where you're coming from. However, as I said, the communities are kind of merging together. Nobody's going to be grouping specific types of content on specific sites or specific platforms. It's going to become kind of a giant pool. And Twitch is becoming more of a media site than it is a gaming site. You can find a variety of content. Of course, gaming is the prominent part of the industry or the prominent part of the site. Uh, But when it comes to creative streams, when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to talk shows, when it comes to anything, really, uh, you're going to be getting a lot of various types of content, including now with a $130 million deal from Amazon, a ton of football. 
Uh, so I'm going to be looking forward to the games every Thursday night. I've normally watched them anyway uh, this season, but I look forward to checking them out on the official Twitch app. It'll be interesting to see if they do keep VODs. I don't know how that will all work, but we'll see what happens. However, as for right now, if you did want to jump in to the Twitch stream later on tonight, around 8.20, I believe, is when they said it was going to kick off on the official live stream. Haha, <laughs> football pun. Uh, you can check it out over on twitch.tv slash prime video, I believe, is what the official website actually is. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Vikings go ahead against the Rams. But I'm looking forward to seeing if the Vikings do win. Kind of want the Vikings to win. And moving on to the final story of the day, Nintendo wins lawsuit against unlicensed Mario Kart-themed tourist attraction. This is funny, but it's also sad. Mario Kart ordered to pay $89,000 in damages. Nintendo has won its lawsuit against Mario Kart, a Tokyo tourist attraction which offers Nintendo-themed go-karting experiences around the city. As reported by Kotaku, Mario Kart, known as Mario Mobility, has been fined nearly $89,000 after a ruling in the Tokyo District Court found it violated Nintendo's intellectual property rights. Nintendo filed the lawsuit in February of last year, accusing the company of using its characters without permission. The attraction has reportedly been causing issues outside of intellectual property rights infringement with multiple public damages and injuries resulting from tourist carting gone awry. And so that's where the story does kind of conclude with this one. Again, I'm not really shocked to hear that it has been shut down. Of course, when it comes to any kind of use of their content, whether it be likelihoods or likenesses, I guess is the actual way to say that, or actual content being used, Nintendo is a big stickler when it comes to that type of thing. Of course, $89,000 is a lot of cash, probably going to end up shutting down Mario Kart, but at the same time, with the conclusion of the story, I can't say that's a bad thing now that people have had injuries and public damage has been done. So, I mean, all in all, this is kind of a win, I suppose. I thought it was going to be a loss whenever I first looked at the story, but lo and behold, Nintendo kind of did a good thing. Uh, So, again, they get to have $89,000, and on top of that, people stop getting run over by people dressed up as Mario and Luigi racing down the streets of Tokyo. It's like Tokyo Drift, but with an expansion pack. I did make that joke. I surely did. But that wraps it up for today's episode of Cabinet. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below on the YouTube video. If you are listening on a podcast service around the world, I appreciate you taking the time to give this show a listen, and I hope you did enjoy it. And be sure to click that follow button, subscribe button, whatever you've got to click. You can get this show to your inbox every single weeknight around 7 p.m. or so between 7 and 8 And that is always a good thing in my book. But of course, for those watching live on YouTube or on Instagram, I appreciate you being here. I hope the show has been good for you as well. But I'm going to go prepare to watch the Rams take on the Vikings on Twitch, which is still a very strange story for me. But I'll let you guys know how that goes. I hope you have a fantastic night. And be sure to stay up to date because you never know when I'm going to go live again and where. But I'm just kidding with you. I'll see you later. Have a good one and peace.